It's time again for the Mortgage Minute with Doug Krause, brought to you by Financial Residency. Doug has been a mortgage lender for over 20 years and specializes in physician loans. He is with BMO Bank and wrote a book called The Hippocratic House to educate physicians on home loans. You can request your free copy at DougKrause.com. You can call or text Doug anytime at 816-728-3631 or email him at doug.kraus at bmo.com. Now, get ready for today's episode of the Mortgage Minute. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Mortgage Minute. I'm your host, Doug Kraus. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about student loans. So I get a lot of questions about student loans. Do you count them? Do you not count them? And this is very lender dependent. There are a few lenders out there that actually don't count anything at all if you're a resident. And that's few and far between. Most of us either need to use an IBR payment, which even if you're in deferment, and that would be the one case, like in my bank, we will not count student loans if you can prove they're in deferment for 12 plus months. Well, we keep having this recent deferment and they keep extending it, but they never extend it to say it's going to be a whole year. So yes, we are going to count them, but no, it doesn't have to be a 1% payment or a full payment. And some banks, regardless, do require 1%, even if you're not paying anything in deferment or if you're really on an IVR, such as the bank I just worked at last year, they counted all of them at 1%, which pretty much eliminated being able to help resident physicians that had huge student loan debts because, you know, if you had 250000 in student loan debt, that's a $2,500 obligation, you know, you're shot right away on your debt ratio. So what most banks do is use an IVR payment and even in deferment where it's not going to last a year, uh, you probably should either have an IVR payment prior to going into the deferment, or one can be calculated coming out of deferment, and then yes, we can use that. And it's typically based off the previous year's income. So, and another thing, you know, sometimes I've had a few borrowers were coming out of a fellowship, getting an attending job, they want to get super aggressive and set their student loans to pay off in five years, and they obligate themselves to a five, $6,000 a month payment, which is great to get out of your student loan debt, but then they come and want a house payment and say, well, I don't necessarily plan to pay $5,000. Usually what would happen is I'd have to make them quickly refinance them into something more palatable and then change it back after closing. You're you know, more than welcome to move it back to that. It's something to think about before you step out and obligate yourself to a five-year term if you have not bought a house yet because in doing so, now you have to qualify with if you make a $5,000 payment and then you're going to come up with a $7,000 mortgage or something like that, you're going to have to have pretty significant income to qualify for both along with any other debts that you might have. So just keep that in mind. You know, if you're setting up five year versus 10 or 15 year, if it's a quarter point difference, then be mindful of timing it around when you're going to buy a house. If you've already got your house and you're comfortable with the payment, great. If you haven't got your house, you may be setting yourself up for circumstances where you have to go back and move them to a different payment plan, which I find it to be pretty easy and quick to refinance student loans. So not the end of the world. If you do have a large payment, keeps you from getting the house you want, you just adjust it, get the house you want, and then adjust it back if that's what you choose to do. 
Anyway, that's my thoughts for this week. Catch you next week. Thanks.